Welcome to Rapture, a Bioshock lorecast, where people of the Bioshock fandom can come together to experience life beyond the sea. So buckle into your bathosphere, ready your plasmids, and let's dive in as we explore the history and lore of the Bioshock series. Hey, real quick, guys, just before we get into the episode, wanted to say thank you so much for all of the listens you have given us. Uh, we watch the numbers as often as we can and see that you guys actually are listening to us and listening to these episodes that we put out of the crazy random whatever it is that we're doing. Um, so please just continue to listen more. Let us know how we're doing. We have an email that you can get a hold of us, which will be in the show notes later on the episode. And we also have a Twitter available too. So please get a hold of us. Let us know what you want. Let us know the types of things you're interested in to hear about our Rapture podcast and our Bioshock Lorecast. So so just wanted to say one last time, thank you again so much for listening. And without further ado, let's get into our episode. Sander Cohen is a poet, composer, sculptor, and playwright ruling over Fort Frolic. Originally a renowned artist on many of forms who practiced in New York City, Cohen became a leading figure in Rapture's art community. Following the descent of Rapture into chaos, he went mad and became sadistically impassive to the deaths and suffering of others. The splicers within his dominion are subject entirely to his whims, whether in life or death. All around Fort Frolic, examples of his art can be seen. Plaster figures of people who are, in fact, horrifically murdered splicers and other unfortunate ones coated in plaster. History of Sander Cohen Sander Cohen was a Jewish-American artist who lived in New York. Although information on his life pre-rapture is limited, some of the scant information we have tells us that he eventually became colleagues with an Elgar Vankin and Mimi Tabor. It is implied that he converted them to Ryanist philosophy, since they began speaking of a coming utopia with an almost religious fervor. On the surface, Cohen was a celebrated artist, although he often had to stoop to pleasing the public rather than following his passions. It is suggested that the constraints that the public imposed on his work may have been a contributing factor towards his conversion to Ryanist ideals. During this time in New York, Cohen was good friends with Andrew Ryan, who admired his artistic ability and personally invited him to come to Rapture. However, it might be assumed that Cohen's talent as an artist was looked on by some as dubious as at best, given his frequent run-ins with the Daughters and Lee Wilson Stewart's commentary that he was a fraud. Rapture is going to hell. And why? Because of them. 
always behind the scenes, at the Lyceum, at the galleries in Soho, even down here in this so-called utopia. The doubters. But Ryan understands. We're simpatico. Yes, there's blood in the streets. Yes, people sometimes disappear. And those awful little girls. Well, I suppose the doubters think you can paint a picture without soiling your smock. Before Rapture descended into chaos, Cohen was a leading figure in the artistic community and social scene of the city. He ran Fort Frolic and owned both a nightclub and several galleries of art throughout the city. He also produced several record albums, the, late, the latest of which was the heavily advertised Why Even Ask, as well as theatrical shows, one of which was named Patrick and Moria. As one of Andrew Ryan's most fervent supporters, Cohen was granted the honor of writing the Rapture Anthem, Rise, Rapture, Rise, and he consulted on the building of Ryan Amusements. Cohen was also interested in the art movement of abstract expressionism and participated in Sophia Lamb's celebration of, of unconscious art in Dionysus Park. After the nationalization of Fontaine Futuristics and the subsequent closure of the Little Sisters orphanages, as well as the recently orphaned children caused by Fontaine's followers being sent to Fontaine's department store, converted prison, leaving their children behind, Cohen took in the destitute children off the street. He began trafficking the young girls to various individuals willing to pay the right price. The majority were bought by Ryan Industries to be turned into Little Sisters. As a result of his closeness to Ryan, Cohen became a notable enemy of another singer-actress, Anna Culpepper, who called him Ryan Songbird. Cohen allegedly used his contacts with Ryan to put the bump on her, as said by Security Chief Sullivan, who had to do the dirty work. With this competition gone, Cohen experienced a rare era of extravagance before the Rapture Civil War forced him to close Fort Frolic. Before Jack arrived in 1960, Cohen had five disciples, although only four were encountered and mentioned in the game. They were Silas Cobb, Martin Finnegan, Hector Rodriguez, and Kyle Fitzpatrick. Cohen's fifth known disciple was Elizabeth, who, prior to the events of Burial at Sea, spent two months undercover as his songbird in order to gain information on his human trafficking schemes. It is all but stated that Cohen's relationships with some of his disciples were sexual in nature, with the exclusion of Elizabeth, given her gender as well as the fact that she despised him. Silas refers to Cohen paying his rent. Martin calls Cohen an old fruit, a perjurative term for a homosexual, and Hector utters the ambiguous phrase, the things that man had me do. Cohen's comments are even more explicit on the subject. All of them either betrayed or displeased Cohen at some point. As with the medical pavilion's Dr. J.S. Steinman, Cohen went insane, driven so partly by Adam and out of frustration for the lack of appreciation for his work after the Civil War. An audio diary reveals that even... He even regretted his decision to move to Rapture for this reason, and may even have planned to kill Ryan. I could have been the toast of Broadway, the talk of Hollywood, but instead I followed you to this soggy bucket. 
When you needed my starlight, I illuminated you. But now I rot, waiting for an audience that doesn't ever come. I'm writing something for you, Andrew Ryan. It's a requiem. Known works. Bedtime Surprise is one of several plays musicals written by Sander Cohen shown in the fleet, of, fleet Hall of Fort Frolic in the underwater city of Rapture. By analyzing the poster for the play musical, it can be ascertained that it started starred a man and a woman, presumably more, and one, if not both, could have been the leads. The title, Bedtime Surprise, indicates that the show would have shown some sort of sexual theme, or simply a surprise during bedtime. Bedtime Surprise was reviewed by Rapture Tribune in 1959. Cohen's Sarcho Sonata Cohen's Sarcho Number 7, sometimes referred to as Cohen's Masterpiece, is a musical composition written by Gary Scheiman, the composer of Bioshock's soundtrack. Besides in the soundtrack itself, it can be heard in the game as Xander Cohen's theme. Cohen's Quadiich. Cohen's Quadiich is a mixed-media work of art completely completed by the eccentric artist Sander Cohen. It consists of seven male figures arranged in different acrobatic poses while displayed four while displaying four framed photographs. It is located on the exhibition stage at the center of the atrium in Fort Frolic. Janus musical. This one is based off the Bioshock book and hasn't been confirmed canon. Last Dance. Painting. Miasma. Painting. Miasma is an expressionist painting created by the eccentric artist Xander Cohen. It appears to be a strange, disturbing figure against a swirling background of colors with the mouth locked wide open. This painting can be seen on display in the Gallery of Artists Struggle in Episode 1 of Burial at Sea. Happy Chappy. Musical. Happy Chappy is a musical written by Xander Cohen which was shown in the Footlight Theater and Fleet Hall in Rapture. Judging by the poster, the musical starred at least one man and one woman. One might assume that Happy Chappie is one of the Rapture propaganda musical plays produced by Andrew Ryan's supervision to promote his philosophy during the early stages of the Civil War. Happy Chappie played in the Fleet Hall until the closing of Fort Frolic at the latest. While the run running time in the Footlight Theater is unknown, but clearly ended a while before the player arrives in Bioshock. Higher Standards Musical Higher Standards was a musical written by Xander Cohen advertised as, a, as coming soon to Fleet Hall. It was most likely one of the propaganda-oriented plays produced by Cohen for Andrew Ryan, promoting the image that Rapture was on the rise. Advertisements can be seen in the multiplayer version of Dionysus Park, Fort Frolic, and the Cashmere Restaurant. Patrick and Moria The Musical Patrick and Moria was a Sander Cohen stage production that ran for a time at the Fleet Hall Theater before the downfall of Rapture. Posters for the show can be seen around the upper level of the atrium of Fort Frolic, near the Fleet Hall entrance. It is apparently a musical about the lovers Patrick and Moria, who, judging from the poster, are ghosts. Sander Cohen also made Rapture's opening anthem, Regdurant et Fruent Observes, film, it is an experimental art film that was directed by Xander Cohen. In the Bioshock Infinite downloadable content Burial at Sea Episode 2, this film can be viewed on a kinetoscope in the lower lounge of the Manta Ray Lounge. 
The short film is an avant-garde experiment in suspense, surprise, and the relationship man between man and art. It has intentionally rough, impromptu aesthetic to throw off viewer expectation. Maniacal laughter and rise, rapture, rise, played backwards, heard as the familiar please stand by sign slowly spins around. A disoriented voice then asks the viewer, why do you stand there when someone is right behind you? When Elizabeth finishes watching it, she turns around to find a masked statue sitting right behind her, which appeared out of a hatch usually used by hidden turrets. Rise, Rapture, Rise was a propaganda song written and composed by Xander Cohen and recorded by Rapture Records during the peaceful time period before Rapture's Civil War. It is sung by American opera singer Rebecca Showall in an operatic style over the background music of a small orchestra. This song resembles an anthem of sorts, espousing the rapturian ideals that Andrew Ryan valued. The first clip of this song that was ever heard was simply the first verse, played on a scratched and eerily distorted phonograph during the game's opening. A quote from this song was also included on a loading screen within the game. Part of the song was heard at the beginning of the level Fort Frolic, when it cuts over Atlas's description of Sander Cohen with static. After finishing Sander Cohen's masterpiece, the player can enter his office in the projection booth to hear the song playing on a photograph. The Black Dream The Black Dream is a film that was produced by Sander Cohen and Ava Tate. Posters for The Black Dream can be seen in various places throughout Rapture and Bioshock 2, while the movie itself can be viewed via kinetoscope found in Fontaine's department store bathosphere location in Burial at Sea Episode 1. The film presents a dream in which a woman, possibly Ava Tate, encounters a series of people and objects. One of the most notable instances is when the woman perceives the grizzly bear, which suddenly transforms into a teddy bear. The film ends with the woman being trapped in a cage before disappearing herself. The March Hare Film The March Hare is an experimental art film that was produced by Sander Cohen. This film can be viewed in a need-to-know theater in Fontaine's department store's bathosphere station in Burial at Sea, Episode 1. The film appears to be themed after the March Hare from Lewis Carroll's Wonderland stories. It shows a woman wearing a mask fashioned after a rabbit standing in a checkered room. One instance shows a dagger on the floor, and others show blood spattering all over the place. The film ends with the mask concealing a rose and a rabbit's shadow cast upon the floor. Location, in Fontaine's department store's bathosphere station. Take the steps and leave the area on the left side. Why Even Ask? Record. Why Even Ask is Xander Cohen's latest album, released in 1958. It is very heavily advertised, with large advertisements throughout Fort Frolic, Dionysus Park, and Market Street, including in Rapture, Rector, including in Rapture Records and Cohen's private quarters in Mercury Suites, one advertisement on Rapture Radio even called it his greatest album yet. You Belong to Me. Record. You Belong to Me is the name of a song and single produced by Xander Cohen and sung by Elizabeth, released in 1958, in Burial at Sea, Episode 2, DLC, Rapture Entertainment. After arriving to Rapture, Elizabeth was chosen from thousands of applicants to work with artist Xander Cohen, and together they made the record. Despite Cohen's prediction predilection, for edgy avant-garde art, the record he made with Elizabeth was an accessible and romantic ballad 
comparable to other pop recordings of the day. When Jack arrives in Fort Frolic, Cohen cuts off his radio contact with Andrew Ryan and Atlas, stranding him from the level by causing the bathosphere to Hephaestus to submerge. Cohen then toys with Jack, inviting him to the fleet hall to see a performance. This turns out to be the final performance of Kyle Fitzpatrick, who is plastered to a piano rigged with explosives. After the piano explodes, killing Fitzpatrick, Cohen requires Jack to take his piano and place it in his quadrich, a masterpiece that he says people will remember him by when he is gone. Cohen then sends Jack to Poseidon Plaza, promising to let Jack take the bathosphere to Ryan only after he has killed and photographed his remaining three disciples, placing each photo in his quadrich. Once the third photo is placed in the quadrich, Cohen has a paranoid moment accusing Jack of being a doubter and sends some splicers to kill him. With the lights dimmed and a spotlight on Jack with Waltz of the Flowers from The Nutcracker by Tchaikovsky playing, but Jack fights them off long enough for Cohen to calm down. After the player completes the quadrich, Cohen finally reveals himself among a host of spotlights and confetti descending the staircase in the atrium of Fort Frolic to congratulate Jack on his work. Cohen then rewards Jack by opening one of the glass cases near the stage. If the player chooses to attack Cohen or his quadrich, the former lights the former fights like a Houdini splicer, teleporting around the area and throwing fireballs at the player. If the player chooses not to kill Cohen at Fort Frolic, then Jack will encounter him later, later in his apartment at Mercury Suites. There, Cohen welcome him, welcomes him into his home, saying, Come into the light, little moth, come in. Jack enters and sees two Houdini splicers dancing to the music of a precariously balanced phonograph. If the player disrupts the dancers and kills them, Cohen will then descend from his room upstairs and attack Jack. However, if the player leaves the dancers alone, then it is entirely possible for Cohen to survive the events of Bioshock. There is, however, an interesting glitch. If the player kills Cohen in his apartment and then returns to Fort Frolic via Bathosphere, Cohen is still alive and able to be killed a second time. Set the Quidditch on fire once you enter the main hall, and he will be waiting for you in the theater. This also allows the player to retrieve his key for Cohen's muse box in the atrium. Cohen's Gifts Victim 1 Kyle Fitzpatrick On the stage of Fleet Hall, reward, crossbow, steel-tip bolts. Can be bought from the Ammo Bandito in the Cocktail Lounge across from Le Marquis de Po Tobacco, as well as three vending machines in Poseidon Plaza. Incendiary bolts can be bought at five machines in Fort Frolic. Victim 2. Martin Finnegan. In the Frozen Tunnel. Reward. 10 anti-personnel auto rounds. $20. Three first aid kits. Bonus. Frozen field tonic on Finnegan. Victim 3. Silas Cobb. In Rapture Records. Reward. 5 electric buck. $20. 20 electric gel. After the player posts Cobb's picture, but before they get their reward, Xander orders around 20 splicers to attack the player. They are comparatively easy to kill and have a bit more loot than usual. First aid kits, frag grenades, buck, etc. Victim 4. Hector Rodriguez in Eve's Garden. Reward. Cohen opens up opens a locked display case containing medical expert to- expert 2 tonic. Bonus. Cohen's office is now open and contains electric flush 2, anti-personnel pistol rounds, 3 armor piercing pistol rounds, 1 Eve hypo, and 10 film. The player can kill Cohen in Fort Frolic at this point, but if they do, they won't get access to his power to the people machine in Olympus Heights. 
Victim 5, Sander Cohen, in the Mercury Suites of Olympus Heights, loot, $87, 36 anti-personnel auto rounds, Sander Cohen's Muse Key, there was also a Power to the People machine and a fair amount of ammo and two first aid kits up in his room. Victim 6, Sander Cohen, again, after burning his Quaidich in Fort Frolic, loot, 5 trap bolts, 8 film, Sander Cohen's Muse Key. Achievements and Trophies Related to Cohen Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and Bioshock Remastered specific. 1. Where the player chooses to kill Cohen affects which achievement trophies one can obtain. If the player lets Cohen live in Fort Frolic, they will be able to gain access to a secret area in his living quarters in Olympus Heights later in the game. Entering the second floor of his apartment will give the player an achievement or trophy and an otherwise unattainable power to the people vending machine. To gain access, simply disrupt the two dancing Houdini Splicers in his apartment either by attacking them, knocking over the record player, or playing the piano. Cohen will then come down to kill the player, obtain the second achievement trophy by taking a photo of his corpse. An easy way to kill Cohen is to place a number of proximity mines at the doorway to the upstairs level of Cohen's apartment. Then, kill the dancers from a distance and wait for Cohen to come down. If done correctly, he will walk right into the mines and kill himself instantly. A less expensive method is one steel bolt to the head. If you are unable to aim quickly enough, stun him with Electra Bolt too. Unlike most other enemies, Cohen does not shatter if killed while frozen. Freezing him with liquid nitrogen or winter blast to immobilize him can make killing him an easy affair without the usual downside of missing out on loot. If the player wants to kill Cohen right away, one may attack him in Fort Frolic. He is relatively strong and uses a similar attack pattern to a Houdini Splicer, except with more health and much larger teleportation range. When he is dead, search his body to find some Eve hypos and a key, which will grant one access to the second glass case containing the Muse box for some money and items. To receive both achievements and trophies, simply save in Fort Frolic after Cohen has revealed himself, but before one attacks him. The player may then initiate a fight. Once he is dead, take his photo to unlock the achievement and then reload once reload the save to before having attacked them. Then allow him to live and leave the level without attacking him, or simply wait till you get to him at Olympus Heights, kill him there, then take the picture of him dead, then go to the Power of the People machine. Original PC version specific, killing Cohen and Fort Frolic is pointless because there are no special achievements in the original PC version, and the treasure inside the Muse box is nothing noteworthy. However, if the player does not attack Cohen and Fort Frolic, they will be able to gain access to a secret area in his living quarters later on in the game in Olympus Heights, which in turn will give them access to an otherwise unattainable power to the people vending machine. To gain entry to the second floor of Cohen's apartment, simply disrupt the two dancing Houdini Splicers in his apartment. Cohen will then come down to kill the player. If one waits to kill Sander in his apartment in Olympus Heights, the player may still salvage the key to his muse, bo muse box at Fort Frolic. Simply return to Fort Frolic via Bathosphere to claim the treasure. Alright guys, first off, that was our episode about Sandard Conan. Uh, please let me know how my co-hosts did. He'll be doing our next recording also, which will be about Univit. I think he did really good. Uh, he definitely did a lot better than me. He has a lot less issues with pronouncing words, unlike myself. Um, first off, but the last off, I want to apologize for the delay in the episode. Um, our move happened a lot faster than we expected. So that threw absolutely everything off. We thought we had uh, 
a recording already done and scheduled to be posted but apparently when we unhooked everything to for the move it something must have happened to where it ended up just not clicking so we will be back on track for every other week um starting with this week uh this one that will be uh posted a little late still trying to get everything up and going but please let us know how we did and we hope you guys have a great day thanks this has been Rapture, a Bioshock Lorecast. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as we go along our journey into the history and the lore of the Bioshock series. Let us know who you would like us to go over. Also, would you kindly leave us a review and follow us on our new Twitter at A Lorecast. And also, join us for the next episode.